Parshas Emmer. Parshas Emmer, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the name of the parasha, which is the first pasuk of the parasha. And um, we're going to tie together a Arachayim HaKadosh Baruch Hashem with words of Ramesha Feinstein. And we'll, we'll the cherry on top will be Arachayim um, uh, Shmulevit. So again, we like to try to touch all different worlds over here. So the question is, Vayomer Hashem al Emar al-Kayhanim. The word Emar is a funny word. Daber al-Kayhanim. Why does he even have to say the word Emar? Vayomer Hashem al-Mayshah. To say to the Kayhanim. That's really the, the issue over here. And another point that we're going to talk about is, the Parsha says a lot about Kayhanim, Kayin Gadol. The Kayin Gadol was required to have numerous characteristics. Numerous characteristics. Five in particular. And one of them is Gevura. Strength. And the question is, Kain Gadol, you know, you know, Chaim Kinevsky was a little bit of a big guy, but like, I don't think strength was his, uh, you know, number one thing. And I don't think many of our G'daylum, so what's shot that, uh, oh, oh, so the question is, what does it mean? Good. So the simple answer is, well, Gura, Gura doesn't mean strength. Oh, the problem is, is that the Medrash, oh, oh, very good. Very good. The Medrash says that why does he need to have Gura? Because there was uh, the it says that he had to do a tenufa of twenty-two thousand levim. Chav bees elif levim b'yoyimachad. He weaved. He picked up levim. This is one of the things. There's certain things in the base of Megdash that, like, when we see them, we're gonna have such enjoyment. Can you imagine the king Gadol? And he's literally the mom's like a lulav picking up these levim and he's waving them. I don't know. I, I thought it's fascinating. Definitely, there's gonna be some viral clips going around of the king Gadol waving the levim. But either way, the the, the the, the Medrash says that he did 22,000 in one day. So why do you need to be strong? That, that's quite the strength. You know, I think if we do one, one, one to new foot, it's going to be hard. Two, three, 22,000. But the question obviously is, like, is that really what Gvura means? We would think Gvura means, that you're, you're able to overcome yourself, etc. So let's try to um, talk about these two these two different areas. So Rechaim HaKadosh over here, the beginning of the parasha begins, and he says, why does it say the word Emmer? Because you know what we're about to do? We're about to talk to the Kehanim. We're about to tell the Kehanim that they have many different halachas and many different things they're not allowed to do. They're not allowed to become Tameh, etc. So Emmer Lashin Maila. Elevate them. You don't just tell someone, you tell someone he has a big job to do, don't just give him a laundry list, you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. No. Emar, Lashayin, Maila, Viroimimus. Lift up the Levian, make the, the Kahanim, excuse me, make them holy, make them a Chashiv. And then you could go and tell them all the things that says you. So Ramayisha Feinstein over here says a very similar idea. It's a famous story we all know of Ramayisha. Uh, he explained what's the reason why so many Jews, unfortunately, were lost when they came to America. And Ramayisha says, you know why? Because what would happen? The father would come home from work, and then he would have to get fired every Friday. And he would say, it's schwer to be a Yid. So the children grew up with, it's schwer to be a Yid. If you grew up in a household of, it's schwer to be a Yid, why would you want to be a Yid? Why would you want to be a Yid? And the truth is, statistics, I believe, show, I didn't double-check them, this is what my notes say, I don't know if I made it up, that the percentage of children going into the industries of their parents, interestingly enough, is very low. And you would think, what do you mean? If the fathers are this, the sons should want to be this. Often the answer is the exact opposite, as they would say. 
is because the father comes home, oh, the office, oh, the this, and oh, what does he do? He complains about work. So when he complains about work, the son says, oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. And the son says, I want to be the exact opposite of that. So Ramayisha Feinstein says, that's why we have to be so careful when we're talking about the Yanei Kedusha and Yanei Taira. And he, he, he says, he says, I found it to be startling words. He says, you have to be Ba'ava and Besimcha when you're dealing with Taira, when you're dealing with mitzvahs. You have to love it. You're giving over. And he says, and if you're going to be in a position to give over, which by the way, let's just point out for a moment, everyone's in a position to give over. As we just said, everyone has children. Everyone has a family. And if you don't have that, you have other people that see you. We all know you're, you're seen in the grocery and you're seen here and you're seen there. Now, I'll tell you a story from my uh, wonderful uh, root canal dentist in a moment. But says Ramayisha that you have to do b'ava and b'simcha. And he says, you know what? And if you can't, and let's say you can't. You're, you're, unfortunately, some people's life's experiences don't allow them to be in love and be b'simcha. He says, starling. Hang up the cleats, leave the classroom, please stop being a Rebbe, you're infecting our children, says Ramesh Feinstein. If you can't have a smile, if you can't love what you're doing, don't do it, don't do it. I, uh, says Ramesh, you can't do it, you can't do it. And the truth is, we all have this, um, this obligation because of everyone around us. And the way to approach it is MR. When you want to tell someone to do something, you have to raise them up. Hisroinim, you have to raise them up. We all want our children and our spouses and our families and our interactions. We want them to be positive. We want them to be elevated. We want them to want to have a beautiful and good life. So it's not going to work if we tell them, you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to do this and you have to do that. Parenthetically, Ruchayn Kanievsky says, if you tell your kid, listen to this, Chacham uh, Gadol. Sometimes a little kid, he t- touches something in Shabbos, it's muksa. So the father, the mother says, it's muksa. Okay, 12 seconds later, the kid touches it again. 12 seconds later, the kid touches it again. If the father continuously yells at that kid, I'm not talking about a 15-year-old, the kid says, Rechaim, you know you're being mechanechamen to do muksa. Because the more times you keep telling him it's muksa, it's like almost like a game to him. It's almost like a game to him. And he does it, and he does it, he does it. That's not chinuch. The kid's not holding there, you tell the kid. And if you see that the kid's not holding it a place, you leave it, you leave it. And sometimes the answer is, this is the focus that Arachayim is teaching us. The focus is to elevate. The focus is that they should love it. They should want to do it. And sometimes, and this of course always requires hadracha um, and thought and discussion, there are certain times that, you know, you got to see the forest from the trees. And certain times you got to say, okay, I said my piece and now I'm going to leave it. Truthfully, probably. <laughs> In almost all times, that's the answer when it comes nowadays. But that's a different discussion because uh, you can't make such uh, grand statements because, you know, you always have the exception. But it's something to keep in mind to be his roimim. So my wonderful dentist this past week, um, Baruch Hashem, I had a second root canal brewing and uh, waiting six weeks to get the checkup so that he could schedule. The root canal wasn't working out so well. It's only that much Advil and Tylenol you could take so that you could function. So finally, I called him up. I said, I'm in really a lot of pain. Is there anything you can do? So this was at like 9.30 in the morning. Can you come in today? Like, you know, I said, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. He said, okay, so come in tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. I said, wonderful. 9 a.m. The next morning, 9 a.m., I walk into the office. There's only one person there, the dentist. And I'm greeted with, you got to stop doing this. Enough with these emergency appointments. You think I want to wake up at 7 a.m. to come in here? 
And I'm thinking, this guy is about to shoot me and drill into my face. And he's quite upset and bitter and angry. So I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, please. And, and he's walking into the room. I said, you know, if, if you want me to come back, I'll, I'll come back. No, no, no. You're ready? You're ready. Sit down. And I say, okay, fine. And he, he proceeds to tell me, why is he so bitter? It wasn't just because he had a bad morning and it wasn't because he didn't have a cup of coffee. He starts to tell me how unfortunately, and it could be, we all know dentists is a difficult profession and no one likes going to them. And maybe we do wait a little bit too long. And maybe sometimes it becomes an emergency that it shouldn't be. But he starts telling me that unfortunately he has very, very negative um, associations with a lot of yidin. Unfortunately, this is a person who is a yit right now. I don't know where he's holding in his life. And unfortunately, over years and years and years of negative interactions, he's become extremely, extremely bitter. And he starts telling me how, you know, I mean, I'm not a Muncie person, so he's telling me all the hotspots in Muncie, how people don't follow the traffic rules, and by this shul and that shul, I have no clue who he's talking about, and it could be he was making it up. But the point is, the point is, so he's, he's bitter, and Baruch Hashem, the Rukhna went, well, I apologize 16 times. By the time he started the first shot, he was calmer. By the, I think we're up to four, he... Uh, he, uh, he was okay, and uh, we left with a smile. But, but um, we have to be so careful how people watch us. People watch us. Everyone knows you're a Jew. So when you go and you cut the guy off, and you go and you do this, there's someone watching. So this guy, listen, no, no, no one's ever lost, let's be honest. But sometimes it seems like it's been a life of bitterness that he's been dealing with. But forget him for a moment. In our own lives, in our own lives, we have to be so careful. Uh, what people say about us, and we're all in this position of chinuch. And Ramesh is telling us startling words. If we can't do it we got to leave the classroom. Now, what does that mean? I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Uh, Rabbi, I, I have a family. What am I supposed to do? So I guess you can't leave your classroom. So that means you got to figure it out and put on a smile and pretend you're happy and fake it till you make it, and maybe that will even help you make it. But we have to be so careful to emor, lehisroimim, to raise people up and not to bark and do the opposite. So now, let's tie this together with a kain gadol. Says Rechaim Shmulevitz, why in the world does Aaron Akain does he have to be a gibar to do the... Do the Tanufa 22,000 Levim was pshat. So he says, and it's partially what both of you are saying, it's partially redefining what Gevura is, and it's partially understanding what it means to be strong. What does it mean to be strong? So there's some people obviously who are naturally strong. What it means is that you worked, and you worked, and you worked, and you worked, and you built muscle upon muscle upon muscle, and now you have strength. So anyone that has strength means, by definition, he worked on himself a lot. It's true in areas of strength. It could be he is the biggest, who knows what. But he has the ability to conquer himself. Someone who has an ability to conquer himself could also conquer his Yitzhahara, says Rechaim Shulevitz. And he says, really, what it means when he did the 22,000 Levim, you know what it means? It means he just had to try so hard until Hashem allowed him to do it alpinis. Because there's no way you could do it in natural means. But you have to be able to push and push and push again and again and again until that point that Hashem opens up that wall for you. And that's in truth, sitting here in Pesach Sheni, that's in really the lesson of second chances. Whoever learns that, we just had this past week, that Kriyas Yamsuf, Kriyas Yamsuf, it's this beautiful how the Gemara plays out the story, how Klai Yisrael are going in, and Meshach Rabbeinu is davening and says, Hashem to Meshach, what are you doing? Why are you screaming out to me? And I heard a beautiful uh, 
Shir Shmuz, I don't know, Hespid, it's actually a Hespid. It's Hespid by uh, Charlie Harari and Rabbi Zachariah Wallerstein. I didn't hear the whole thing. Someone played me this following clip, and I just have in my mind that by Yisau. And the way he was saying over Zachariah Wallerstein's Maila was he didn't believe in barriers. There was no such thing as, I can't do it. There's no, those words didn't exist. And there are people, we know there are people that like, they just don't know what it means. No, they just do it. Daber al Yisrael Whenever you think in Klai Yisrael, they were going into the water, and the water wasn't slitting, and it was going higher and higher and higher, and they're thinking, what's going on over here? Vayiso, we have to push and push. We need to, but to do that, you need to be strong. You need to be a gibar, the kain gadol. To be the gadol hadar, to be the person that everyone's looking at, you need to be a strong person. You have to be a person that will never stop. You'll try. And you'll try. Eventually, it's going to have to be Alpines. You'll actually can't wave all 22,000 Levinim. But you have to be one that is willing and able to keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. So I believe if we combine, and of course, this is really what it means. It's really a little bit of both. That Gvura means you could overcome yourself. That means you could get over that Yitzhahara. But we all know if you're a lazy person, Rechaim Shalevitz is Meirich over here, and he says, what does it mean that you're lazy? And he goes through all the excuses. It's beautiful how he like, you got every nuance of psychology. You know, there's the person that says, um, I, don't, I don't need so much. I'm happy with a little bit. He says, you're just lazy. You just don't want to work hard. That's what you say. You're, you're happy with a little bit. And then there's the person that says, I tried, I tried. I can't. I can't do it. What do you mean you can't do it? You're just lazy. You don't want to do it. The difference between I can't and I don't want are miles and light years in between. So the lesson that we have to take out is that we have to be Nisraimim. We have to elevate everyone around us. But you know what the problem is? The problem is it's difficult. It's difficult. And life has its difficulties. And every day has its difficulties. And every family has its difficulties. And every, everything has difficulties. So there comes that point that we feel like saying to Ramesha Feinstein, I can't. Ramesha, I can't. I said, I wanna, I wanna quit. I wanna quit. I can't do it. I can't be the Rebbe anymore. I can't be on that pedestal. But as we said, unfortunately, you don't have that choice. When you're a parent, when you're a father, when you're a member of society at some level, when you walk outside, you got to put on that smile. you got to make sure that you're going to be a mensch. In all situations, I, you just had the world's worst day ever. I understand. But you know, he doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. Now it's true, he should judge you favorably. It's all very true. But at the end of the day, we have to do our part. So we have to work on being strong. And it's a workout season. The chavr are getting into shape, Baruch Hashem. And the truth is, the truth is, it's the same midah. Rizal Slanter writes this in one place. He writes that, um, I think his muscle is by, by um, digging sand. He says, someone who just spends his entire day digging sand is working on being kaivish yitzhara. Because you're working on it, you're pushing and you're trying and you're doing and every time I'm so tired, I can't move. And you get up and you push again and you don't want to go back to the gym and you push again. You're becoming strong. And now we channel that and we say, you know what? I could do it. Just like I did it there, I could do it here. And I'm not in a good mood, I'll pretend. I'll try. We'll be Nisroimim, we'll be MR. We'll emulate Aaron Hakayin, we'll emulate the Kahanim Gedailim. And hopefully, hopefully, we'll be Bizeicha. We'll be Zeicha to not be those people that Ramesha Feinstein said, unfortunately, they're children. Unfortunately, they walked around saying it's fair to be a Yid. The opposite. We'll walk around saying it's the most greatest, most wonderful, most amazing thing in the world. And then you know what we'll get? We'll all become billionaires because we all know, we all know. 
the end of the day, you could have all the money in the world. And everyone, in, I'm sure, knows at least one or two people. They have everything. They don't have children. Whether it means physically, whether it means connections, whether it means that they're not where they would want them to be. We all know that at the end of the day, as much as, of course, everyone needs money and everyone needs parnasal, but at the end of the day, it's all about your family, and that's what's ultimately going to make us happy people. So B'Siyat Tzadishmaya on Pesach Sheni, on the Yontzvah, second chances, we'll keep on trying, we'll keep on pushing, until Amir Tashem will get there.